It's week three. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, y'all, what's up? It's Jesse Inman here. This is the Fantasy Football Express. Thanks for hanging in there with us. I hope you uh, hope you got that win this week. It was, a, it was a really weird week, it seemed like. I don't know if if you're like me, you're sitting there on Sundays, you got one, maybe two, maybe three TVs pulled up. I don't know how rich you are. Uh, I always have two TVs pulled up. I bring in the TV into the living room, put it underneath my big TV, and uh, there we go. You know, we got Red Zone pulled up and then whatever local game I can get on the uh, bunny ears, as they say. So, yeah, man, if, if you were watching that first, like that initial slate of games, that noon slate of games on Sunday for week two, my goodness, that started really boring. Like when I saw... When I saw Brandon Zilstra score a touchdown, no, it's fine. No, I don't know who he is either. Uh, I was like, "What are what is going on here?" There's just it was a wasteland out there in week two to start things off. But boy, did it really pan out into a great week of football. It was crazy. We had some some amazing games come right down to the wire this week. Um, I mean that that Vikings Cardinals game was crazy. I had a lot of fantasy. Um, uh, you know, interest in that. So that was a that was a big game for me. Uh, but like I said, I hope you're doing good out there on your fantasy teams. I hope hope things are going as you planned. I hope you've been following along with us. And if you have, I hope it's really helped you out. I do want to say um, shout out uh, shout out to Ty James. Ty James, one of our listeners, uh, he shouted me out on Facebook and let me know that he got his entire league listening. To the podcast, uh, the league called Young Crack. I don't know what that means, but I told him I'd shout it out. And I uh, hope you guys are having fun this year. And, uh, you know, Ty, you know, since you put everybody on, man, good luck to you. I'm hoping you're out here cleaning up, taking these guys and girls' money out here in your league if you play for money. Don't know if you do. But I just want to jump into this, man. Let's talk about some top performers this week. Like I said, uh, ooh. Real quick, before we go any further, let me say this. Very happy. I'm in three leagues. I'm 5-1 and one through two weeks in my three leagues. So, only had one loss, and it was in my 10-person league. I'm with Kevin Howard from a, uh, from a local radio station here in town. One, uh, what's that? I'm sorry, that's their old, their old home. 98.7, The Dove, here in Springfield, Missouri. Kevin and Liz, find them Monday through Friday. They're great. Kevin, thanks for getting me in your league. But yeah, 5-1, and one, guys. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I don't mess around with this fantasy stuff. I don't. And by the way, it's just me this week, okay? I'm in a pinch. I'm also a morning news anchor here, so I get to work at 3.30 in the morning. And I've got a couple of different uh, projects I'm working on this week. So, I didn't want to waste time with, with a guest here. Not that it would be a waste of time, but I didn't want to take the time to track down a guest and uh, coordinate schedules. Nah, you're getting me. It's just me and you, folks. So, you're getting the sultry sounds of Jesse Inman this week, host of the Fantasy Football Express. Hey, that was weird, but hey, let's continue here. We're, we're going to go through some top performers. Let's do this. Uh, at quarterback, man... 
Kyler Murray. He has been crazy this year. I got him in the fifth round of one of my leagues, and I am thrilled about it. Uh, if you remember back to our QB rankings episode that I did with uh, Matt Vereen and Dan Lindblad here in the hallowed halls of Color 10, you'll remember that I was uh, pretty high on Kyler Murray coming into this year. He was my number two after Patrick Mahomes. I believe he was four for both of those two guys. So Kyler, uh, I, if you drafted him, you are definitely reaping the benefits. He went 29 for 36, 400 yards through the air, had three touchdowns. He did have a couple of interceptions, trying to do a little bit too much. Uh, and also five carries for 31 yards, and he had a touchdown on the ground. So if you can get that production on the ground, you love to see it in most leagues. Those touchdowns, either on the ground or uh, uh, a reception, are going to be worth six as opposed to a four-point touchdown through the air So, uh, for a quarterback. So you love to see those extra points chipped in on the ground. Lamar Jackson as well. If you're listening to this and you know me, you know I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Lamar broke some hearts on Sunday Night Football, kept me up. As I said, I got to be to work at 3.30 in the morning, Central Standard Time. And uh, yeah, so Lamar kept me up until about 11 p.m. I came into work with a broken heart and a little bit of sleep, just a little bit. 18 for 26 through the air. He threw for 239 yards, had a touchdown, had a couple of interceptions. One of those went for a... Uh, a touchdown, both of those picked off by the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew for the Chiefs. He returned that first one for a tud. But the real value in Lamar here is what he does on the ground. 16 carries, one of those carries was to seal the game. Ended up with a buck 07 on the ground and two touchdowns, so that's big. If you got Lamar, you probably got him a little bit later than some of these other QBs went this year, but... You're loving what you're seeing from Lamar, at least in week two. And then you got this guy, pretty much the exact opposite of Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. 24 completions on 36 attempts. He had 276 yards, but he threw for five touchdowns because he just loves Rob Gronkowski this year again, apparently, through the air. Uh, you remember last year, they got off to a really slow start, so... To see them back in rare form is, uh, you know, they turned the clock back. Both of them did. So, five touchdowns for Brady, which is absolutely insane. The guy's 44 years old, I think. So, uh, <laughs> I actually got Tom Brady in a draft this year. Actually, I drafted Tom Brady in the 10th round of one of my leagues. It was the offline draft. you got to remember that. Tommy League Jones, we had Nate Edgar on a few weeks ago to uh, preview week one with us. So I traded Tom Brady to Nate, and I ended up getting DJ Moore in that trade. We just did a straight-up swap, which is really rare for me. I like to do a two-for-two two trade if I can, um, just because I feel like you can kind of balance things out a little bit better that way. But I ended up getting DJ Moore. He got Tom Brady. So he's got that Tom Brady-Rob Gronkowski stack, which has really worked well for him these first couple of weeks. Anytime you can get a stack of, you know, your quarterback throwing to one of his receivers that's also on your team, that's pretty good. You like to have that. So, yeah, Brady, looking good. Aaron Rodgers, I told you last week in our bonus episode 
that uh, that was our um, buy low, sell high. Buy low, meaning to trade for someone who has underperformed. And then the sell high, meaning trade away someone who you believe has overperformed. I was saying you need to buy low on Aaron Rodgers. We all saw the memes that came out last week after Aaron Rodgers looked like Nicolas Cage in the movie Con Air after his garbage performance against the Saints in Week 1. Well, the Detroit Lions in Week 2 at home were just what the doctor ordered. Aaron Rodgers goes 22 for 27, 255 yards through the air, four touchdowns, three of those going to Aaron Jones, who, yeah, you're going to hear about him today again. Uh, Rodgers, he's back uh, like he never left. I mean, I guess, you know, 27 attempts isn't anything crazy. 255 yards isn't anything crazy by his standards, but... If they're on the goal line or in the red zone, Rodgers is not opposed to saying, hey, uh, Coach LaFleur, I'm going to go ahead and throw this. I don't care if we're on the one-yard line. I'm going to go ahead and audible to uh, a throw, a pass, whether it goes to Tunyon or Devontae, or in this case, you know, Aaron Jones got some nice receiving work in this game. So, yeah, that's your top performers at quarterback. I didn't put Aaron – or not Aaron. I didn't put Daniel Jones – in the top performers list because did you really want me to waste your time talking about Daniel Jones? The guy stinks. You don't want him. So uh, honorable mention at best. Running backs, your top performers this week, yet Derrick Henry, my goodness, 35 totes, 35 carries for those of you who are uh, not up to my lingo. 35 carries for 182 yards. The guy had three touchdowns. Really didn't get it started until the second half. Um, In the first half, like I said, that first half of those, uh, that noon slate was not ideal. Henry really kicked it into high gear there for Tennessee in that one. Uh, Also, if if this continues, Derrick Henry is going to be a major problem. Derrick Henry had six catches for 55 yards. Six catches is a career high for Derrick Henry. So, I mean, that right there, if you're in a half PPR league, that's another eight and a half points right there just off of receptions alone. That's more than a lot of running backs get total. Um, So, yeah, look out. If Tannehill continues to dump it off to Derrick Henry, we're in trouble, folks. Coming off of Monday Night Football last night, got to talk about Aaron Jones. Admittedly, I didn't watch one snap of this game, guys. I'm not here to lie to you. Um, I'm an authentic guy. Uh, You hear the term fake news thrown around a lot. Well, hey, I'm a real guy doing real fantasy sports, doing real fake sports. I don't know. I don't know what this is. It's fantasy football. Aaron Jones had 16 carries. For 67 yards and a touchdown, that was only on the ground. So, uh, but wait, there's more. Six catches for 48 yards. The guy had three touchdowns through the air. I can't believe that a running back had three touchdowns through the air. Um, That's very weird to me. I am very curious to see how those happen. But if you watch the game, then you already know. Aaron Jones was drafted in the first round in most leagues. So, you know, last week was a little bit of a, maybe a slower start than you expected for Aaron Jones. Uh, In week two, he definitely made up for it and then some. So, 
he went absolutely crazy in this one. Uh, of course, we can't really talk about top performers without mentioning this guy's name, Christian McCaffrey. He had 24 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. He chipped in 65 yards on five catches. Uh, McCaffrey, Gunnar McCaffrey, you know, uh, run CMC. The guy, uh, how many, I mean, how many other nicknames can you get? Uh, the guy is crazy. He, he does everything. It's amazing that there's really any volume for anyone else left to go around. I guess DJ Moore has been able to ball out, even though McCaffrey is, you know, returned and taken up a lot of the volume in that offense. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to mention Sam Darnold anywhere else today, but man, Darnold is a top 12 QB right now. He's got weapons. I mean, he, with McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall Jr., I mean, the guy's got weapons out there. I, I wouldn't hate having Darnold as a, a deep bench stash if you know if you've got room on your roster for him. Uh, if your starting QB goes down, I mean, you could definitely do worse than Sam Darnold. Uh, we're gonna have bye weeks coming up here in the next few weeks, so you might take a look at the Panthers. They don't have that difficult of a schedule by any means at all. They got a great defense that's gonna keep them in a lot of games. So, I mean, I know that we're talking about running backs, but. Here I am, Sam Darnold fanboy. Uh, this is a name I did not expect to see on this list this week. Tony Pollard, he had 13 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown, chipped in 31 yards on three catches. Um, if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner, we got a problem here. Zeke had 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. He had 26 yards on two catches as well. So, I mean, standalone, you know, Zeke, he... That's a fine week from Zeke. You are pumped to have those numbers from Zeke, especially considering what you've seen uh, as you know since really since Mike McCarthy took over as the head coach. His non-committal attitude towards using Zeke Elliott as a workhorse is something that was worrisome coming off of last season. You were worried, maybe you know, hey, just chalk it up to Dak being injured. The season was. I mean, I'm not going to say it was pointless completely because, I mean, they were in the running for the division until the last couple of weeks there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Tony Pollard and Zeke, I mean, Tony Pollard had three less carries and 38 more yards than he did on the ground. So uh, it, it kind of looks like Tony Pollard is the more effective guy. It's not something that I love to say as a guy who has Ezekiel Elliott in a few leagues. So, yeah, Tony Pollard. I mean, you're not going to start Pollard and Zeke. That's just uh, a fool's errand, I believe. <laughs> I'm not starting two running backs on the same team. It's just nonsense unless I absolutely have no other option. But that's a conundrum there in Dallas at running back. I guess I'm going to keep rolling Zeke out there until... You know, I really have my hand forced by either injury or um, Pollard just really starts taking over the work. So, uh, yeah, that's a situation to keep your eye on for sure in Dallas. Let's talk about some wide receivers here. Top wide receiver this week, Cooper Cup. My goodness, nine catches for 163 yards. He had two touchdowns. That's all on 11 targets. You know, we heard in that uh, opening week Sunday night football game, Chris Collinsworth just went ahead and mentioned that, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, oh, man, he loves this guy. Uh, let me tell you, this is a guy 
who comes to work with his lunch pail every single day, sits down, eats breakfast with Matthew Stafford. You know, like, it would have been really great to know. Would have been nice to know that uh, Stafford and uh, Cooper Cup ate lunch, uh, breakfast together every day. Don't know why no one no one explained that to me in the pre-draft process. Everyone's out here getting Robert Woods on their team. No, you, you want the breakfast buddy. You, you want the breakfast buddy. So Cooper Cup, clearly uh, the favorite target, at least through the first couple of weeks here, of Matthew Stafford in an offense that looks like it's pretty much going to be back to its uh, form from a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. We all remember that big shootout they had with the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Um, looks like Stafford has the offense back to those heights, and they've got issues at running back as well, which we're going to talk about. Also, Tyler Lockett, he had 11 targets too. Eight catches for 178 yards and a touchdown. Had a long touchdown that was, I mean, Lockett, it's crazy, man. He is a guy that I really didn't want to touch coming into this year, and obviously I am regretting that. I just feel like he was a type of guy coming into the season that was either going to do this, or when he wasn't doing this type of performance, he was going to dud out. There was really no middle ground. But we're seeing so far, I mean, he's been real nice. I think he only had four or five targets the week in week one last week, but I mean, he had two touchdowns last week. He adds another one on, and then his big yardage performance is right here. The guy's a home run threat. Um, he's, he's a deep threat for sure. Russ throws the deep ball. I mean, I would say as good or better than anyone in the league. So Tyler Lockett, you're loving that. Terry McLaurin, if you remember all the way back on Thursday night football, uh, that's the same game Daniel Jones played in. I, I didn't think I'd mention him again, but I did. Terry McLaurin, 11 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. That was on 14 targets. You were probably worried coming into this week a little bit, whether you want to admit it or not. That's fine. This is a safe space. You can admit it to me. I'll admit it to you. I have Terry McLaurin in a league. I was worried. I started him at flex, thankfully. Um, and it's a 10-person league, so I'm a fraud. I understand. But uh, Terry McLaurin, man, I was worried. With Taylor Heineke under center, something about that situation just made me a little bit uneasy with how the offense would work um, in Fitzpatrick's absence. But as long as McLaurin's cooking, it doesn't really matter. Um, it looks like Heineke loves him some Terry. So 14 targets. I will not be saying back up, Terry. I won't be saying to back up. Go forward, Terry, and continue to ball out. Um... You know what? I'm going to skip over this guy, save him for last on this list. Uh, before we get to him, Mike Evans, he had uh, five catches for 72 yards on seven targets. He had two touchdowns, two of Brady's five touchdowns in that game. Um, this is this is frustrating, man. I, I have Mike Evans in a league. I drafted him as my wide receiver one against my better judgment. Last week, in week one, he only had, what? one catch maybe two catches on like five targets but I mean you know you're gonna have these weeks from him if you're a Mike Evans owner you just have to kind of pick and choose when you want to start him man I know that sounds kind of stupid to say but it's just 
he's going to have ups and downs. He's he's not going to be a consistent, you know, a solid floor guy. I mean, yeah, week one, three catches for 24 yards this week. I mean, he only had five catches, but he had nine targets, which is nice. Um, I had that number wrong a second ago. I said seven, but it was nine from what I'm seeing here. So, I mean, he's a big red zone play guy. Brady likes to get to get it to him in the red zone. So um, this next week, he's playing against the Rams. I don't, I, I don't know if he'll be matched up with Jalen Ramsey, but I do know that this is by far the Rams' toughest, or the 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 Buccaneers' toughest opponent to date. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. The Cowboys really played them well in Week One, but we knew they were going to steamroll Atlanta, which I mean they they did for the most part. I guess Atlanta made it interesting there for a moment. Um. I think this week I'm probably going to leave Mike Evans on the bench if I have another option. Like for me, for example, in my league that I have Mike Evans, I also have DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton. I'm going to start Sutton and Moore this week. I'm going to leave Evans on the bench. They're playing at L.A., so they're going to travel across the country, and that's the potential for a matchup with Jalen Ramsey. I just don't I don't know about this one. It's... uh. I think I'm going to leave Evans on the bench, and if I'm wrong, hey, I'm wrong. I don't think he'll have an insane game, even if he does, you know, have a decent one, but the potential for a low floor here is uh, alarming. So Mike Evans is a guy I would bench. I know this is not a stardom sit segment, but, um, you know, because I don't believe in the stardom sit stuff, man. I, it's just, gosh, it, it, who... You can't just give me one player and say, hey, should I start this guy or sit this guy? Well, I don't know. Who else is on your team, bro? Like, I, that's the thing. I it just, I don't know. Those sorts of things frustrate me. So, um, now that I've got that off my chest, the last wide receiver I wanted to get to in top performers, not a name I expected to see on this list at all this year, Rondale Moore. Eight targets. He caught seven of them. 114 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Rondale, man, he if you watched any part of that game, Rondale Moore looks electric out there. Like he just looks faster than everybody else. I mean, he kind of looks like Tyreek Hill in a way. I mean, he's he's small, he runs crazy routes, he's a menace with the ball in his hands. Like after the catch, I mean, he had some he had some nice plays in that game. Um Really weird, though. He's, I mean, he's only seen 37% of the snaps so far this year, but when he's out there, he's producing. So uh, we're going to talk about him for sure a little bit more in our waiver targets segment here in just a few minutes. So there's a little deep tease. You haven't heard the last from Rondale Moore today. Looking at tight end. Surprise, surprise. Guess who the number one tight end was this week? You guessed it. Yep, Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. That was on eight targets. Don't really know what else needs to be said about Kelsey other than, did you see the touchdown he had? That was unbelievable. I mean, I can believe it, though, so it's not completely unbelievable, but I don't know how this guy does this. He's massive. Um, something crazy, man. I, I, I don't know that he'll – I was talking about this with, uh, some friends of mine, Dan Malloy, Joe Morano, good hang, you know, uh, those guys are a good hang for sure. But we were chatting about 
Kelsey and Gronk. Gronk was our number two top performing tight end. Spoiler. Um, I don't think Kelsey is going to catch Gronk in touchdowns. That's going to be really difficult. Did not realize career, and I'm talking career-wise here. Kelsey is, I think, has 52, 53 touchdowns in his career. Gronk already has like 91, 92, maybe. I, I don't know if, like, because we looked at this during the games this week, so I don't know if what I was looking at had it updated or not. But Kelsey's in the 50s. Gronk is in the 90s right now, but I mean, I think every other record that Gronk has will be broken by Kelsey at some point, except for touchdowns, but uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Those guys are the same age, too, um, I'm pretty sure. Kelsey is doing a quick uh, Google search here. Uh, he's 31. Gronkowski uh, is 32, so yeah. Pretty much the same age there. Looks obviously, it looks like Gronk has a lot more wear on his, uh, uh, you know, on his tires than Kelsey does. But it's going to be fun to see how their careers progress down the road here to the end of things. You know, as they get into their mid thirties here. So, uh, but yeah, that's Kelsey for you. If you have him, you drafted him first round, and he hasn't disappointed you yet. Gronkowski, four catches for 39 yards and two touchdowns on five targets. This is a guy I know you didn't draft early unless, uh, you know, you're you're crazy. But um, Gronk, I mean, geez, you don't look crazy if you drafted him early now because he's got, I think, four touchdowns through the first two weeks of the year. So certainly he and Brady are uh, back on this thing. Looking to go back to another Super Bowl, which, as a Chiefs fan, that's much to my chagrin. So, uh, yeah, Gronk, I guess if, you know, smoke him if you got him, baby. If you got him, he's in your lineup. Another tight end you definitely know of, TJ Hawkinson, coming off of Monday night. He had eight catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. I did see uh, the highlight of uh, Goff hitting him in the back of the end zone for an absolute dime of a touchdown. Had nine targets. Hawkinson was, uh, you know, maybe a fifth-round pick or something, maybe fifth, sixth round, maybe fourth, somewhere in those early middle rounds of the draft. And he has proven that he is well worth it. He's obviously, very clearly, the number one guy that Jared Goff has to throw to on this Detroit Lions team. I mean, unless you count the running backs, but I'd, I mean, it's obviously, it, it's not. It's, it's Hawkinson for sure. He looked good. Uh, so, you know, keep rolling Hawkinson out there. Obviously he's looking amazing. A couple other tight ends here. See guys, I, I have my hand on my, on my forehead right now because the tight end position, I I've never been so frustrated with the tight end position in my life. I feel like the past three or four years, I know and we're only in week two, but the past three or four years, it's been like, okay, we know who the top three or four tight ends are going to be. Then from there, there are a few mid, you know, mid guys that are okay. Um, this year, really, it's, oh my gosh, it's it's a dart throw. It's a wasteland. It's a desolate island. Whatever funny name you want to come up with for it. The number four tight end this week was Max Williams. Who? Yeah, Max Williams, M-A-X-X, all right, two X's, one more and we're in trouble there. He had seven catches for 94 yards on seven targets. 
I mean, who knows, man? Who knows what happens? On that Arizona team, obviously you've got Hopkins. He's a very safe bet to be a stud for you any week. Got a really high floor and a high ceiling as well. You've got the emerging Christian Kirk, and now we've got Rondale Moore out here who looks like he's going to continue to be a threat. Uh, and so Max Williams out here now getting seven targets of, I mean, I guess Murray did throw for 400 yards and he had 36 attempts. So they've got to go somewhere. Max Williams had a nice, uh, I, I, okay. He had 94 yards. One of those was on kind of a bogus, like deflected pass. I believe it went off two different defenders and he caught it and took it like 15, 20 yards. But I mean, if it's, if it's a tight end and he's doing literally anything, you're thrilled about it. Another tight end who was a more of a later, uh, a later consideration this year, Bob Tunyon, Robert Tunyon, for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers loved this man last year, especially in the red zone. He had three targets in this game, but he caught them all, had 52 yards, and Rodgers found him for a touchdown as well in this game. So signs of life for Bob Tunyon in green bay okay so that's your top performers this week sponsored by no one um injuries let's talk about injuries this week here it was okay i sat down to start formatting this show and i thought to myself okay well there weren't really that many injuries this week but once i started looking at like the injury reports and kind of looking at the rundown i mean there were some injuries this week that are kind of big um, that could have an effect on, you know, not only the player themselves, but other players going forward. Let's start in a place that I really am just sick of looking at. Uh, the 49ers, their running back situation continues to just be a complete joke. Uh, if you remember last week, pretty much every league I know of spent a, a boatload, a yacht load of money of their free agent auction bid. If you're in one of the, let me just stop there. If you're in a league that still does waivers on like a rolling list or like, you know, move to last after claim or whatever it is, like just give with the times, man. That is so stupid that people do that because it's usually the person who's the commissioner is going to end up with the top waiver pick or whoever had the 12th pick in the draft ends up with the top or 10th or whatever ends up with the top, the top waiver pick. So you have to, like, not use it until you really, really want someone. Like, I guess you could say, Ooh, but Jess, there's a lot of strategy in that format of waivers. I, mean, I don't care. No, it's stupid. Like, it, it's, if it's left completely to luck. So get on the train. Use the free agent auction budget thing to where everyone gets a set amount of money. Fake money, of course. In our leagues, they start with $100 a year at the start of the year. Everybody gets a chance at every single player. So if you're not using the FAB, the F-A-A-B, the free agent auction budget, use that. Start using it. It took me until like two or three years ago to realize the error of my ways. And now I'm a better person for it. So I'm sorry I had to ridicule you for that. I apologize. Let's go ahead and be better people next year. Or just go ahead and institute it now. If you're on a, a format, a website, a fantasy, you know, 
uh, platform where you can make those changes mid-season and do it. Just do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, okay. Uh, that was all to distract me from the inevitable. I have to talk about the 49ers running backs. Elijah Mitchell. A lot of people spent a lot of money on him last week in free agency. Um, he had 17 carries for 42 yards, two receptions for 11 yards. He did have a touchdown called back, which is sad, but, um, not really looking like he's worth the money. Just looking at those stats, but he probably is now because there were three injuries in that backfield. One of them was Elijah Mitchell himself. He had a shoulder injury was out a series or two, but ended up coming back, uh, finishing the game. And guys, he... He looks like he's the last man standing there because Trey Sermon, the guy who I was banging the drum for here, I had him in three leagues and, what do you know, one carry, instant concussion, and who knows he, how long he's going to be out. We all know how the concussion protocol works, or maybe we don't, but um, we he's going to be out for a while. Well, I say a while, but who knows. It could be one week. It could be like a month. We just have to kind of wait and see how that progresses. He did fumble on that carry. Not really sure you can hold that against him. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you'll probably find a way to punish him for that. But he hates fantasy football. Kyle Shanahan does, coach of the 49ers. Also, the guy who we all thought was the odd man out, Jamichael Hasty. I mean, he had five carries for 38 yards, four catches for 21 yards in that backfield. He left the game with a high ankle sprain. That's a problem. You don't like to see the high ankle sprain. That's something that could linger uh, for a lot of the season, which we've seen happen to a lot of players in the past. So um, the Niners have gone out and they've signed Duke Johnson um, to the practice squad. They have signed, oh man, they've signed, they've just signed people, guys. They've signed like three different running backs. I can't even remember who. I didn't write them down because I didn't I didn't really think it would be something worth mentioning because I don't think you need to grab any of these guys. My advice to you, if you don't have Elijah Mitchell, avoid the 49ers running back situation at all costs. And I am dangerously close to saying avoid the 49ers at all costs because, I mean, obviously if you have Kittle... You're going to have to start him because what are you going to do? Are you going to go get Foster Moreau off waivers and start him? No, you're not. So uh, if you have Kittle, just calm down. But I just, I don't know, man. It's a rough situation there in San Francisco with their running back situation. So I have Sermon. Until I see him do anything, he's going to stay comfortably on the bench. Another injury that was very frustrating, if you... Uh, if you have this guy on your team, Deontay Johnson, uh, the Steelers took a loss to the Raiders this week. Kind of an upset, I'd say. But uh, last play, Steelers trying to win the game on a lateral, on some sort of lateral situation. Deontay Johnson gets the ball on a meaningless play and injures his knee. Uh, gets rolled up on on that last play of the game. Clock expires. Deontay's laying there on the sidelines. Uh, of course, they cut the camera to the two quarterbacks shaking hands or whoever the heck was out there. But thankfully, reports are indicating right now that it's not a serious injury, but you do hate to see it. So they're probably going to see how he progresses in practice. 
Definitely, definitely keep an eye on that one. He had nine catches on 105 yards on a team-high 12 targets. So uh, Deontay Johnson, a target menace out here. You love to see that. Another wide receiver injury, Jarvis Landry. This is a tough one, man. It was really early on in the game. He got a knee injury. Coach Kevin Stefanski for the Browns says post-game that it was an MCL injury. Uh, he's going to have an MRI to confirm the severity of that. As of this recording, we don't have the results. Um, but an MCL injury, not good. Possibly going to put him out a few weeks. I wouldn't, If I had Jarvis Landry, I wouldn't be counting on him playing the next week or two at the very, very least. So what does this mean? Well, it means you should probably go out and try to find yourself an Anthony Schwartz who has uh, had a quite a bit of attention from Baker Mayfield early on this season. Maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like Schwartz better myself. But what it, what it really means to me is that Odell Beckham Jr., who has sat out the first two weeks with injury, uh, he's on track to return. Everything I've seen, he's on track to return in week three. But I was kind of ready to not be, I don't know, man. I wasn't really, I was ready to forget about OBJ this year, but I don't have him on any teams, but I think now it kind of helps out his situation. So, I mean, who knows? Odell Beckham Jr., I probably, if I have Odell on my team, I'm probably not going to start him this first game uh, just because I, I mean, it's it's been a really bad last couple of years for Odell. If you have him on a fantasy team, you're disgusted, really, by the production that you've gotten from him. Um, I mean, I'm, he's been fine for the Browns, I guess, when he's out there, I I guess, but uh, yeah, you just, I, I'd wait and see on Odell. Quarterback-wise, we had four big quarterback injuries, but before we get to that, maybe one of the bigger, one of the biggest injuries this week was Daryl Henderson Jr. Uh, had a rib cartilage injury, so uh, left the game after 13 carries for 53 yards and had a touchdown, so uh, he's questionable right now, day-to-day. They're going to see how he is at practice this week. But if you have Sony Michelle on your team, this is huge for him. He got 10 carries for, I want to say, around 40-something yards. Uh, this is why they traded for Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson suffered a thumb injury in preseason, and they, they got Sony Michelle for this reason. So if you've got Sony Michelle, it's massive for him. If he ends up getting the workload there, that's a very prolific offense, and they are not shy about running it either. So that's really nice, but just monitor the situation. I'm probably not going to start Sony Michelle if Daryl Henderson is active, but just uh, certainly monitor that. And if you have Daryl Henderson Jr., I'm honestly I, I don't think I'd start either Henderson Jr. or Sony Michelle against Tampa Bay next week. We know their defense is not to be messed with. Four quarterback injuries. Going to run through these really quick. Carson Wentz he injured both of his ankles somehow. Uh, not sure how that happens. Jacob Eason, he ended up finishing the game. I'm not starting any Colts wide receiver or tight end until Wentz is back. Uh, he may not even miss this week, but I just, I don't know, man. Without Wentz there, I don't really love any Colts pass catchers anyway. I guess Jack Doyle randomly had a nice game, and Michael Pittman kind of had a breakout this week too. But uh, without Wentz, no thank you, sir. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, if that is how you say it, pretty sure it is. He had a rib injury real early in this game, only had like 13 yards passing, 
he left and actually I don't I don't know how many yards passing he had I shouldn't speak on that if I'm not really sure but it was really early on in the game for Tua that he suffered that injury um yeah 13 yards passing before he left so he left and the offense did nothing all day blown out 35 to 0 I had the Bills defense in a league they basically helped me win I mean they I think that they along with Kyler were one of the sole reasons I won this week I got a couple of other eh, performances that the Bills definitely made up for so uh he's day-to-day according to coach Flores guys if you have any uh, I'm avoiding any Dolphins at all costs Jacoby Brissett came in and looked like buns guy looked bad no thank you uh, I get it. He had to come in cold. Probably wasn't expecting to come in. Um, I mean, are, is any bench player really ever expecting to have to come in? A backup quarterback? No, unless your name's Taysom Hill. Don't that guy. Don't even get me started on him. Um, yeah, I'm uh, kind of similar with Carson Wentz. I'm avoiding any Miami Dolphin until Tua's back in the lineup. Tyrod Taylor. He uh, had a hamstring injury. He's already confirmed that he's going to be out Thursday night at Carolina. So that means third-round pick Davis Mills is going to start. Davis Mills came in. Um, I know that, that that game actually – can we just say the Texans deserve credit? Like, the Texans were a team that everyone this year expected to just come out and just roll over for everyone this year. It was it – was, it's a disgusting situation what they have going on there uh, from a fantasy perspective. Um, and in a lot of ways, you're probably thinking in real life as well. Uh, you might. Um, the word disgusting, probably not one I should have used there. But, you know, it's it's just a, it's a very discouraging situation. It's not good. Uh, Davis Mills, though, came in after Tyrod Taylor, who really had a nice start to the year. Um, was injured, so it's unfortunate. Tyrod finally getting another chance and um, injured. So Davis Mills came in, and he had 102 yards passing, threw for a touchdown, did throw for a pick. Uh, but, you know, he was 8 for 18, so it's not that great. But he did, you know, he got a touchdown in there, and it was a nice toss to Brandon Cooks. Really, Brandon Cooks made a, a crazy play. You should go back and look at that touchdown. It was only a two-yard TD, but Cooks got walloped on that play and still caught the touchdown. So, obviously, probably not going to start Brandon Cooks. Probably going to continue to avoid everyone on the Houston Texans, but it is sad. I'm sad that Tyrod Taylor is injured. Hopefully, he can get back out there in uh, week four. And this one is, I mean, this one could be... This one could be pretty important here. Andy Dalton suffered a knee injury. It looks like it's going to be a bone bruise from the reports I've seen. So he's kind of day-to-day, week-to-week right now. Uh, But with a knee injury, I mean, that's probably not something they want to really mess with. I did see something today that said that if Andy Dalton is healthy, he's the starter. But I don't know that he'll play in week three. That's still to be determined. Justin Fields might start this week guys uh, we, we got to see how Andy Dalton progresses this week if he if he practices at all I'm saying though this that might have been the last time we see Andy Dalton 
start for the Chicago Bears. Unless Justin Fields just comes out and is uh, not good at all, or if he is injured. So uh, this it might be Justin Fields' season, folks. Let's go to waiver targets. Uh, if you're 0-2, I'm sorry to say, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, but let's see if we can get you some advice to maybe kind of turn the tide here. Uh, some waiver targets you're going to want to look at here. We've already discussed a number of these guys, but, you know, let's kind of dive a little deeper here. Tony Pollard, okay? If Tony Pollard is for some reason out there in your league and he's not on a team, get your butt out there, go pick him up, all right? He's got standalone value here. You're going to have to bid for him, I'm sure, if you're in a fab, but um, we saw his stats. I mean, they were good. 16 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Had a couple catches for 26 yards. And he, I mean, he had 38 more yards than Zeke on three less carries. He just seems to be a more effective runner. I tweeted that this week. You can follow us at the FF Express Pod uh, for all of our takes, you know, during the week as they come to our mind, uh, aka my mind, because I'm the only one running that thing. But and McCarthy, man, we we said this too. McCarthy just seems to not love the idea of a one back workhorse backfield. It's just it's not good for Zeke owners out there. So, Tony Pollard, go scoop him up if you can. I can't imagine he's available in a ton of leagues, but if he is, man, if he's available in your league, you got to go get him. And he's an immediate, I mean, he's a flex consideration the entire year going forward. And if anything happens to Zeke injury-wise, I mean, Tony Pollard, man, he oh, might be a top 10 running back this year going, you know, from that point forward. We talked about this guy too, Rondale Moore. Let me just say, shout out to my esteemed co-anchor, Jennifer Abreu. She's co-owning a team this week or this year in our Color 10, um, Color 10 News Fantasy Football League here. She's co-owning a team with our morning producer, Carissa. Um, They drafted Christian McCaffrey number two overall because somebody went and got Mahomes number one overall. That would be TJ Springer, our meteorologist crazy uh their team name by the way caris jen mccaffrey brilliance uh they started rondale moore this week can you believe that we came into this week too and i saw their lineup i was like oh my gosh they got rondale moore in their flex he was projected like four points and i'm like man hope he does something well he did went nuts this week and uh had a decent week last week too so like we said, he he's only got 37% of the snaps so far this season, but he got eight more snaps this week than he did last week. And after what we saw this week, I expect that to go up. Um, he's a big play threat, so I think you could be seeing Rondale Moore get more playing time. He needs to be added and at least be put on the bench. I understand if you don't want to roll him out there and start him every week, but uh, no reason this guy needs to be in the waiver pool. A running back for you, another one. Cordero Patterson, he had seven carries for 11 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he had five catches for 58 yards and a TD. So he had two total touchdowns. He's only had 33% of the snaps at running back this year. Uh, When they fall behind, though, he kind of seems to excel. And Mike Davis has not really been what you probably had hoped if you drafted him. Uh, If you went like, you know, like a zero RB strategy or 
uh, you know, in your first few rounds, and maybe Mike Dave or Mike Davis, you were counting on to be either your flex or your RB two. <laughs> Sorry if that's the case, but not looking good. Cordero Patterson, you know the the Falcons defense is buns as well. I'm just gonna keep using that term because it's funny to me. But uh, yeah, Cordero Patterson looks like the running back right now that I'd rather have if you can even call him a running back. He's a converted wide receiver, but I'd probably rather have Cordero Patterson on my team than Mike Davis at this point. So go ahead and scoop Cordero Patterson. He can uh, he can do some stuff for you in multiple areas. I don't this, I don't know if he returns kicks. Does he return kicks? He used to. Yeah, see, this is the problem with me not having a a guest this week is that I, I, I there's no one to bounce ideas off of. Just me and my my lonesome. Go pick up this guy too. I can't believe I'm saying this. Max Williams, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Man, I was, I'm frustrated at tight end. In our work league here, I drafted Evan Ingram. We drafted on the final day of the preseason. Uh, Our draft actually started during the final preseason game. I think it was like Patriots-Giants. I drafted Evan Ingram in the preseason, like on that day. Five minutes later, he goes down with that calf injury during the game. So in the color 10 league here at the station, uh, I have been hurting at tight end. Okay. I did make a trade this past week. If you remember, I told you during our buy low sell high episode to sell Melvin Gordon. I sold Melvin Gordon for Tyler Higby straight up. Didn't care. Melvin Gordon was like my fourth, maybe fifth running back. Cool. Give me Tyler Higby. Give me a piece of that Rams offense. Well, Tyler Higby came out, had one catch for eight yards. So here I am. I'm going to roll him out there again. But that just goes to show you, man, you can't trust anybody at tight end. It be your own people. Really. Um, Max Williams, go pick him up, man. Seven catches this week. Uh, I know. I'll just take any warm body at this point at tight end for a recommendation for you. And, hey. If you need some solace, he gets 77% of the snaps at tight end for Arizona. So there's something for you. Uh, Let's get you a QB here. This one might seem a little bit obvious. I think I mentioned this guy last week too. But Jared Goff, man, in in my leagues, he's currently the number six quarterback overall after week two. Most games, you know Detroit's going to be playing from behind. Um, And he came out firing last night from what I understand uh, in the game against Green Bay. Had a couple touchdowns early in the game. I understand that it started raining, ended up having a fumble, and then had another interception as they were trying to force it to come back. But, I mean, Jared Goff, yeah, I, I've never been a massive Jared Goff fan. As a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've kind of rooted against him just because of I, I'm not really a fan of the Rams after the way they did St. Louis dirty. But, um, I mean, I, I would take Jared Goff. Most games, like I said, they're going to be playing from behind. They have some really nice red zone targets. Um, You know, they got Hawkinson out there. uh, And he's got good backs to dump it off to. We're going to talk about one of his other red zone targets. I'm sure some of you just rolled your eyes and said, Oh, yeah, Jess, who are their red zone targets? I don't know why I sounded like Shaquille O'Neal right there, but I did. Uh, And also, uh, and let me just say this, a disclaimer with Jared Goff. Yes, they have Baltimore next week. So if you do if you do add Jared Goff, you're going to get him for cheap. But I'd leave him on the bench next week. 
I mean, you don't want to, you're not going to start him against Baltimore. But if you need him down the line for a bye week fill in, or if you have an injury, I mean, you could really, really do a lot worse than Jared Goff, considering what we've seen, to, what we've seen from him. And one of Jared Goff's red zone targets, in fact, I would add this guy, and I think I'm going to take a shot on him in a few leagues if I can get him. I might go. I'm going to go bid on this guy. I think uh, Quintez Cephas. Quintez Cephas. Okay. In each of his first two games, he's had seven targets and a touchdown. I understand he his actual yardage totals haven't been ideal, um, but I, I mean that could change easily. And many of the reasons I like Quintez Cephas are the reasons I like Jared Goff. I just they're going to be playing from behind, and who else is there? I mean, coming into this year for Detroit, I was like, man, somebody's got to catch the ball there other than Hawkinson. Like, as, at the wide receiver position, there's got to be somebody out there who catches the ball. For me, I drafted Tyrell Williams. I thought he was going to be that guy. We've seen some flashes from him in the past. Uh, Tyrell Williams already injured. I believe he's got a concussion he's still battling through. Quintez Cephas, I'm going to go drop Tyrell Williams, and I'm going to pick up Quintez Cephas, I think. He's got some value for sure. So, uh, like I said, man, golf, uh, golf, golf. You know, I probably, if I wouldn't have corrected myself, none of you would have known the difference, but oh well. Jared Goff, man, he's going to be, he's going to be slinging the piglet. So, uh, Quintez Cephas, he's worth a flyer for me in waivers. I'd throw down a couple bucks on him. And a guy, just for, for giggles here, Hunter Renfro, a two-sport athlete, also plays baseball for the Boston Red Sox. Um, just kidding. Same name, different sports. That, and I can't take credit for that. David Chazanov came in and said, you know what, man? I don't think Shohei Otani should be AL MVP. I'd give it to Hunter Renfro. And it's like, 4 a.m. and I'm sitting there at my desk trying to open my eyes and I'm like why would you give it to Hunter Renfro? Chaz who was on with us a couple weeks ago goes well because he plays the NFL too. Plays for the Raiders. I'm like ah! It's a good one Chaz. Anyway uh, enough of that. Hunter Renfro. Guy has 16 targets so far this year. I mean he's not on an extremely high scoring prolific offense but I mean, that volume, that target volume could make for a safe floor if you get into a desperate situation at flex or wide receiver. So Hunter Renfro, maybe not even a guy that you need to use a waiver claim on or go spend uh, free agent auction money on. But hey, he's there if you need an idea. So, uh, And I'm not going to go through any kickers this week. I mean, Graham Gano. Probably won some people some matchups this week with the amount of times that he was forced to kick field goals. But um, just find a kicker you like. Find a kicker on a high-scoring offense. Whatever. Uh, defense, though, I will give you a couple recs. Recommendations. I'm going to take the Raiders this week versus the Dolphins. We just saw how the Bills completely dismantled the Jacoby Brissett-led Dolphins. I don't know if Tua is out this week yet. We're going to have to wait and see on that, but... I mean, it was bad. Jacoby Brissett, granted, yes, he did have to come into the game cold. But, I mean, an entire game, they didn't score a single point in today's NFL where the game is tailor-made for scoring. Like, come on, man. You got you to gotta put some points on the board. So, for that reason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Raiders if I'm streaming a defense. Also, 
if they're still out there, maybe they were dropped based on what everyone thought their matchup would be like this week. But the Carolina Panthers defense, guys, it looks real right now. Um, it looks good. I drafted them in a league just because they had a week one matchup against um, was it Jacksonville. No, it was the Jets. They played the Jets week one. Had a nice week, and then they completely shut down the Saints this past week. Held Kamara to five points for me. I was frustrated about that, but uh, they get the Texans this week, possibly without Tyrod Taylor. Uh, actually, not possibly, certainly without Tyrod Taylor because he's already been ruled out for Thursday night. Go pick up the Panthers' defense and start them on Thursday night if they're available in your league. Guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Fantasy Football Express podcast. Um, you know, go get a win this week. I hope you're not 0 2. If you are, don't give up hope. But now is about the time that you want to try to start making some moves. If you're 0 2, um, for me, it's never too early to trade. Just don't be one of those guys that sits there and says, oh, I don't know, man. I just don't want to trade. I'm just going to sit on my team and see what happens. I don't want to get. I don't want to get screwed over in a trade. So, well, then don't get screwed over. Go do something that benefits your team. Don't be afraid to trade players. You know, I wouldn't go out there and just bench somebody, or or, I'm sorry, wouldn't go out there and just cut somebody from your team uh, just because they haven't performed the first couple of weeks. I mean, bench them. Yeah. I mean, and this is speaking if you drafted them high, um, if you use some draft capital on those people. But go out there and start fielding some trade offers, you know. If you've got some guys on your bench, maybe you've gotten unlucky and you've played high scores the first couple weeks and, you know, you just had a bad shake of the schedule. But go out there and fight for your life out there. Go out there and try to make some moves. Don't just sit there and, you know, waller away in your own misery. So there are ways to keep it rolling, folks. There are are ways to fight your way out of that 0-2 spot. If you're 1-1, you know, keep on going. And if you're 2-0... Oh, man. Life sure is sweet like this, isn't it? Oh, man. Here we are, 2-0 in a couple different leagues. Well, I hope you do well this week. Go out there. Go get yourself another win. If you have any questions about your lineup or uh, a trade even, just hit me up, man. I am am awake at the weirdest times. I'll get back to you. Follow us at FFExpressPod on Twitter. It's the Fantasy Football Express, at FF Express Pod. Go out there, uh, give me a like and a follow, you know, just and interact with me. Man, I'm down. I'm down to just clown around on Twitter. It's, uh, you know, it can be a dark place sometimes, but we're talking fantasy. So, that's going to do it for me this week on the Fantasy Football Express. I am Jesse Inman. Again, follow us at the Fantasy Football Express. We'll see you next week. Good luck in week three.